Hi, my name is Kevin McQuillan, and the following pre-recorded conversations are my attempt to make sense of the human experience through the practice of yoga. I hope you enjoy. And a very good morning to you. Nice to have you. I'm going to share with you the focus of this class. I've been putting this concept together for several days because it's been around me and I've been attempting to make sense of what's been around me. And uh, I often do that and use my teaching as a way to uh, sort out some challenges I'm up against. And there always seems to be some challenges. <laughs> Just always seems to be the way. So it's in one way amazing because there's an endless amount of content <laughs> for my teaching that I get to put together. And it's also extraordinarily difficult to be in the presence of and attempt to make sense of and live through. And so the concept that or concepts, you could say that I'm working with and attempting to make sense of we're up on the board, the curse of potential, we're full of potential. We are a body and being full of potential and the potential within practice. And so there's the curse of potential. And then of course the potential that lives within or the potential that lives within practice, meaning how we use potential irresponsibly and how we must use it responsibly is one way of looking at it. And so the top board, I'm going to walk you through these distinctions. And perhaps you can see yourself in this. My lens has been seeing this in other people that have been around me. And when I see it, it's like, okay, how do I get close to this thing? And the only way I get close to it is understanding it myself and where this lives within my own practice, within my own being. And so that's how I've come up with these distinctions. And I can see myself in this. And this is all oriented towards the focus of this practice, which is on the side bodies where we hold uh, the perspective that we're not good enough and the emotion of shame and how those work off of each other. I'm not good enough and how that produces an emotion of shame. And shame reinforces that very perspective. So much so we just become that. And so the curse of potential. I will try to be everything all at once. Have you ever tried that? <laughs> it's very difficult <laughs> to attempt to be everything all at once. And we can do that in our relationships. Attempt to be everything all at once for those who we're spending time with. And it certainly has a way of thinning us out. I can see myself in that role here sometimes, trying to be everything all at once, all the various different hats I can wear in this space. And uh, all with the intention and attempt to create a meaningful experience for people. All the while being thrashed along the way and not creating the kind of experience I'd like to have for myself at times. Instead, instead of being committed to my own success, I'm devoted to mayhem on my own demise. Because it's, it's a chaotic experience trying to be everything all at once. What do you need? What do you need? What do you need? And we can get scattered pretty quick. And we lose sight of what we're truly committed to. And we let mayhem take over. And this devotion we have to our own demise that if we keep up with that practice, there'll be nothing left. 
And I could imagine you felt like that at the end of days at times when you get home and it's like, you barely have enough energy to eat <laughs> or shower or take care of yourself, right? It's like, that's how it can be at times. And there is that commitment that's nestled into our approach and this particular approach that we're not taking care of ourselves, And so therefore we're committed to our own, our own demise. I become so inconsistent. I no longer know how to take care of myself. I'm now a danger to myself and others. And as soon as we stop taking care of ourselves, we become dangerous. We start making poor decisions, certainly for ourselves. We often abandon the very things, the very practices and uh, routines that we have that keep us sane. Those are often the first things we abandon. No, I'm not going to yoga. No, I'm not going to eat this. I'm going to stay up late or get up, uh, get up late. You know, all the things in which we can do to start uh, pecking away, picking away at our self-care practices. And we become erratic and inconsistent in our lives. And we can take that within our relationships. And we can make our relationships inconsistent and erratic. And if you've ever spent time with somebody that's inconsistent and erratic, it's very difficult. And we, be we can become that. For sure. I've corrupted my relationships and that's the consequence. If I become inconsistent and chaotic, I'll corrupt my relationships by decimating trust and undermining communication. And as we undermine, decimate trust and undermine communication, we no longer have the capacity to solve problems. And that is a significant problem within relationships because relationships are problems. <laughs> and so if we can't, keep them together enough to communicate, they'll fall apart. As a result, I now just make promises I can't keep and gaslight where needed. I'm not the problem, it's you. I'm not crazy making, it's totally you. And let me tell you how crazy you are in this relationship and all the things in which you do that are undermining this relationship. And so we can dump the responsibility on other people all the while preserving our own identity and resisting the need to learn. It's not me. It's not me. It's you. <laughs> if you change, I can change. And all the excuses we can play out within our relationships. And so I can certainly see myself here. It's very difficult not to be that. That's what I've noticed. I would say that I was very much that when I was younger. And I'm certainly not saying that I'm not like that now, but I was very consistently that when I was younger, that I was deeply committed to my own demise. And the mayhem which I created in my life was significant. And I was unbelievably masterful at creating mayhem in my life. So much so that I was inconsistent, so much so people didn't trust me. And there was a part of that equation I appreciated. And I wanted to be seen that way, inconsistent and dangerous. And so people would just leave me alone and keep their distance. What I started to realize is there was not much in the, ways of, not much in the way of relationships through that approach and it was very painful. And when I started waking up to that, thank goodness I did, I've been spending the rest of my life attempting not to be that. 
and sacrificing myself consistently in relationship, in the attempt to learn. And it has been brutally painful. And I'm in that experience right now in various different ways, which is so fascinating to me and such interesting timing. I spend a lot of time near the end of a calendar year reflecting on the year I just had. Because I, I set intentions every year. And it's not necessarily I'm tracking them consciously. But near the end of the year, it's like, okay, I take stock. <laughs> what's happening? And what's, what have I completed and what's unfinished? And 2022 has been a very interesting year. <laughs> Especially the ending. I have multiple problems happening all at the same time. And I'm trying to sort them out. And they're complex and very emotionally infused. And in some ways, it feels like they're spinning out of control. And the more people that get involved, the worse they're becoming. <laughs> That's what I'm noticing. And in some ways, I'm attempting to contain it and just get to the heart of the matter. And the heart of the matter is always communication. And it's showing where it's showing me where I have failed in my communication. It's showing me where I failed in my approach in these relationships. And the consequence is conflict. And I could say, of course, it's not just me. And that's true in some ways. But it's really glaringly apparent what I've been avoiding for way too long. And it's not just within these relationships. It's within my life. And the lesson is stark. It's like nauseating. And I can't get away from it. <laughs> and I want these problems to be solved. And I'm deeply committed to that. In some ways, I don't know how to solve them. You know, it's just like, ah. Hmm. But I know if I continue to toy with the curse of potential, I'll have no problem making them worse. And so I'm tentatively moving myself forward, fumbling myself into the problem and seeing how it goes. And I'm making some significant mistakes. And so are others. <laughs> and I don't know where this is going to end. But they'll, it'll end at some point. And my hope is that it ends in a way that is better for everybody. And that is very unlikely. I know that. I know that deeply based on the work I've been doing for most of my life, that the chances of things working out well for everybody is very unlikely. So I'm stewarding something new, <laughs> you know, and it's, uh, I'm optimistic and hopeful that those that are involved in these issues can have a brighter future. And it's not possible with this problem persisting. It's just not possible. So it's like problem solving 101. <laughs> Maybe 501. It seems very complex. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> uh, 
you can you see yourself in this conversation in some ways yeah yeah you know it's like despite our best efforts at times it's sometimes things just don't get better so i've been contemplating this for as i've been saying many days and what i know it's in front of me is even more sacrifice I have to sacrifice myself even more and continue to do that. It's the very thing I don't want to do. But no, I need to do. And I know it's good for me, even though it's painful. And the concerning part in all of that is how I'm going to be received. Because the fear I have is rejection. Like, I don't believe you. You're not worth the effort. You know, whatever. I'm going to get, I'll receive at some point from someone. I know that's coming, but can I, can, it's building myself into the version of myself that I need to be to withstand that communication. And I've come to realize, well, I have a lot to say this morning. I've come to realize that everything, anything, anything anybody has to say about me is true within reason. And that's been a very interesting concept to hold and be with and not make it wrong, but to make it right. That even though it doesn't feel very good, you're right. Everything you're saying about me is true somewhere, somehow. And that's the sacrifice. That's how it seems to me. To consistently give that up. That you're seeing something in me that is absolutely true. How do I know that? Because I'm a human being. And I can't escape that experience as much as I try. And so that's the confrontation I'm in right now. Everything you have to say about me is true. And will I accept it? Hmm. And hot damn, has it been painful. (laughs) And so that shifts into the potential within practice. And that is my attempt to consistently be in my practice. To consistently be in my value structure. To wake up every day, to put my feet on the ground, to stand up as tall as I can. With my heart open as much as it can. even though I just want to be in the fetal position, (laughs) weeping. (laughs) Which is totally fine (laughs) and needed at times (laughs) to keep doing that day after day. And what I love about this practice and this practice has been in my life for a very long time, the practice of yoga, it's just so influential. It's so amazing. It's so critical. And it teaches us that, how to stand up straight in this world and to confront, how to align. 
If we're not doing that, what we're doing is looking away and avoiding. And it's so easy, so easy to do that. And so there's some distinctions here. Yoga is the practice of life. It provides anomalies. And I see anomalies as poses in this context. It's like every pose is a problem. You know that, you've been on your mat long enough. It's like, oh my God, what am I supposed to do with this thing? <laughs> How do I sort this pose out and make it right? So I can actually be in it and feel something that is meaningful within this problem that I find myself in. And so the anomaly, which is a blast of contradictory potential, it's a blast of contradictions being opposed. It's like my feet are here, my arms are there. I'm supposed to be looking there and what? I'm supposed to be breathing deeply? How is that possible? This is insane. <laughs> I can't possibly do all of this at once. It feels like my body wants to go in a thousand different directions. And that's often the case. The result of which is that your body responds by going in every direction all at once. When we attempt to be everything all at once. And that's the pose. And we can't be everything all at once. We can't be every pose all at once. We have to be one pose at once. As you interact with the pose, you collapse it, take control of the situation, and then reduce it into a single productive focus of potential. And I love that. We're reducing a problem and attempting to make sense of it. And so we can use it as a source of potential, that there's something good in this problem, which is the pose. It's like, even though this doesn't feel very good, I don't necessarily like this pose. I'd rather not be in it. But there's something unique in this for me that I need to learn. And so if I stay, if I reduce it, if I work through alignment, make sense of this damn thing, perhaps I'll get the insight that I've been waiting for. And that's so unique in every single pose. How many poses we do in a practice? Many. Each pose is the opportunity to refine your practice of confronting, reducing, and making sense of problems consistently. Think about that. 60 minutes of solving problems. Hi, hi, hi. And that's what we're doing. That's why this practice is so brilliant. And it's rarely seen that way. That's how it seems to me. The more competent you become organizing yourself, directing potential, the more sophisticated and holy you become. Because the tendency is avoid problems at all costs. They don't feel good, they're dangerous, there's nothing good in it for you, turn away as quickly as you can. All the while pointing the finger as you're running the opposite way. <laughs> and the ability to do the opposite of that, which is this practice. To confront, to reduce, to make sense of, and pull yourself together in a way that you can gather and gain an insight that will be rich and meaningful for you and make your life better as a result. And if that's the way in which we take on this practice, the problems that come to us in life are different. They can be different because we can see the potential all nestled in the conversation we don't want to be in <laughs> or the actions in which we need to take. And that's the pulling together all the while falling apart. It's a very bizarre experience. And that's what I've been noticing, attempting to pull myself together to confront all the while falling apart. 
<laughs> and that's the messiness. That's where mistakes happen. You know, and that's, I've been out in front of this. It's like, yes, I'm making mistakes, but that doesn't mean I'm a bad person. I'm attempting, <laughs> failing, but yet here I am yet again. Surprise, <laughs> it's me again. <laughs> Just trying to make things better <laughs> in my messy little way. And it strikes me that there's not much of allowance for that to occur. We don't like that much within our own practice, being messy and making mistakes. So there's not much allowance here within our own space. And it can often be the case that we don't offer too much allowance for others to make mistakes and to fumble and to be messy. And it deprives us of so much. And that's one of the contradictions within this practice of yoga that can be taught to be so neat and tidy and <laughs> just so that it's not messy, it's pristine, which is a contradiction in of itself because this is a bloody messy practice. It's like gathered together and sweat and breathe and twist and <laughs> grunt and groan and all that's supposed to be pristine somehow. Very difficult. And so that's one of the ways in which I take on my teaching, certainly within my practice as well, is let this be messy, as messy as it needs to be. Let it be as pristine as it needs to be, whatever you need. And there's a lot of allowance in that. And I've gained a lot when others have been that for me. And that's my attempt to be that for others. So whatever you feel you need this morning, let it be that. Messy or as pristine or a combination of both, let it be. <laughs>